This is the Gambling Gauchos. It is the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News, Money, Sports. It's Power Ranking Thursday. If you want to send your Power Rankings in to discuss and dissect, you can. 806-855-3712. But first, we'll Power Rank some bowl games with the Executive Director of Bowl Season, Nick Carparelli. Nick, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Good to be with you. Yes, sir. You're live in Lubbock, Texas. Obviously, Texas Tech bowl season uh, upon us. But I I did want to ask some questions just about the general process and what it is that you do in charge of bowl season. Because I always hear that, but I didn't know until this week that it was a like its own entity, bowl season. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to to explain it. Yeah, we we haven't been our own entity for very long. People have unofficially referred to this time of year as bowl season for you know, for as long as either one of us can remember. Uh, but there, there, you know, we're, there's changing times in college athletics for sure. Uh, for, for all these years, each of the, you know, 41 individual bowl games have, have marketed and branded themselves tremendously. But, uh, roughly three years ago, that group came together and said, you know what, it's time that we, we were part of a bigger organization. We're an exciting time of year, uh, a time that people look forward to on the sports calendar, uh, just like other leagues and conferences. Uh, we need a mechanism to market and promote ourselves collectively, um, especially during the month of December. So that, that's, uh, that's one of the main things we do here at Bowl Season is we, we promote the system as a whole and talk about all the great things uh, uh, about, uh, about bowl games and bowl season. So has there been a change in process to maybe some of these bowls communicating with each other and talking about who's taking who? And is there more of a collective experience now in bowl season? Absolutely. That's one of, one of our goals. You know, we – we, uh, we have, um, you know, I meet with the full group via Zoom uh, every month to talk about common issues. We have an annual meeting every April. Everybody everybody who works for a bowl game does business with a bowl game. We had roughly 500 people at our annual meeting for four days in Orlando last April. This coming April is going to be in Nashville. So I, I think that's going a long way to fostering that camaraderie, that level of communication uh, amongst one another. Uh, and I, I'm I'm guessing it's a strong connection with ESPN as well, who do, who airs a majority of the bowl games. Um, is this in conjunction with ESPN, or do you work with some of the other ones that are on, let's say, CBS Sports or even the, the Arizona Bowl that's not affiliated with the network at all? No, I mean, we, we our, our collective group is the bowls themselves, regardless of the network that they're affiliated with. But at that annual meeting, as you would imagine, and, and other times of the year, we we include the, the various uh, television network partners, uh, ESPN being the biggest uh, investment in, in bowl season, obviously. So they're a very active part of everything we do. So uh, the bowl selection process, from from what I gather, used to be you kind of just had uh, some bowl representatives from whoever's looking around just going out and doing their own thing. Now it's more of a collective process, but you're still dealing with uh, conferences. Now, in the Big 12, it's kind of a draft process where you have the standings and then you kind of get to pick and choose based on that draft process. W- what are bowls looking for in that process? And can they skip to, let's say, the fifth or sixth option if they think that that is a better option for their bowl? Yeah, good question. Every conference is different. Uh, I would say the Big 12 is almost, is not al- uh, almost, it is the the most clean cut and easiest to understand and explain. Some some uh, conferences group uh, a handful of bowl games together in a pool, and they kind of work together to figure out where they go. 
Uh, others, other conferences, a lot of what ifs. There might even be one bull one year, a different bull the next. Uh, the, the the Big Twelve has a very clear cut pecking order that was pre negotiated, and when it's when it's that bull's turn to select, they can select for the most part anybody they want. Now there may be some subtleties to the Big Twelve rules. You, maybe you can't, you know, jump, uh, you know, two spots down in the standings to grab a team. Um, you know, it, it could be a number of things, but for the most part. When it's a bull's turn to select based on their negotiated contract, they get to they get the next choice of Big Twelve team, and it doesn't always go by the, the ranking of the standings. What what is most important? Because in the past it was ticket sales; these bowls wanted to sell out the stadium and and get a big presence. But more and more lately, it seems like it's ad revenue and who gets the most eyeballs on TV. What are these bowls looking at? And let's maybe get specific here with Texas Tech. If the standings and the bowl standings lay out perfectly for Texas Tech, it's the cheese at bowl. But what is the cheese at bowl looking for maybe in a partner? So it's it's a very complex puzzle. So you, you need to start to you know, by understanding the revenue sources for, for that, that, that bowl games pull from. And there's really three, um, and, and there may not even be a fourth. It's, it's television rights fees, it's corporate sponsorship revenue, and it's ticket sales. Different percentage for, you know, bowl to bowl. Uh, but, but, but those are the big three. So, you know, it, it's very rare you're going to have a team that fits all three of those criteria. National brand for TV, uh, close proximity for, for ticket sales, and maybe your corporate sponsor loans them, although that, that third one's a little tied into the other two. So that's when you figure out, okay, who do you have on the other side, right? If you're going to match up, um, any team against uh, a, a team that, is going to sell a ton of tickets, so they're geographic because they're geographically close. Then on the other side of the game, you said, okay, we could take a team that's further away, but maybe has a great name brand or had a really successful season, right? And people are going to want to see them play. Uh, so it's a combination of those those multiple things. Yeah, you also got to look at rematches from the regular season. You try to avoid those. Try to avoid repeat appearances in bowl games if you can. Um, and and you try to put together the best matchup. You know, I think we were. Seeing, we saw that last year, and, and I think it's trending towards this year as well. That uh, the bowl season does a really good job of putting together intriguing matchups. Whether it's two a couple of rising programs that have had breakout years, or maybe it's an old rivalry that's been cast to the wayside because of conference realignment. So, uh, I don't know if I answered your question. There's a lot that goes to it. It's not an exact science, but it's interesting nonetheless. It is, and we saw that last year with Texas Tech, who got partnered up with their old coach Mike Leach. Um, and there certainly is an aspect to that if you're looking at Arkansas, who might be paired up in the Texas Bowl with a Big 12 team. Arkansas and Texas Tech would be the the classic Southwest Conference rivalry. Um, so I, I do think there are some, some options there. Uh, and if you do bring up the SEC, they might be the most convoluted uh, aspect because it's all just chosen by the conference, right? They just kind of select and you... They or do they talk to the bowl season committee as well? And is it more of a is it more of a partnership there, or do they just tell you who's coming? Well, you know, um, uh, power uh, power has its privileges, right? right. So, uh, lot, lot of lot of lot of bowls would love to have an SEC team in their game. So when they the SEC negotiated the contracts with their current bowl partners, they they made it clear that they're going to place teams in the bowls. Uh, now again, there's some rules behind the scenes that. That maybe aren't aren't public in terms of how far into the standing you can go, uh, you know, to place a team in one game versus another. But uh, you're right. They uh, 
and I, w- I don't want to say that they don't consult with their with their bowl partners because they certainly do. And uh, but it's a complex puzzle for them as well, trying to make their membership happy and, and have everything make sense. And and they they go through the same process. They try to avoid rematches of the regular season, rematches in bowl games. Try to put together the best matchup, but they just reserve that right to make that determination them, themselves. So, with the new conference commissioner here in the Big Twelve, could you see maybe some? extension this bowl season of maybe a little power uh, from him or is that all just kind of in the in the books already and maybe that's a future problem that he has to go through i think it's a little bit in the books you know uh, you know i've i've, I've uh, been lucky to spend some time with commissioner yormark I, he brings a fresh new perspective to the conference uh, i'm excited to see what he does he's very eager to learn about the bowl system he was very open about that he, he wants to kind of observe how it works this year Especially since it's going to, you know, it's going to be very shortly after this year that that all the conferences are going to start to renegotiate their next wave of contracts consistent with the new new CFP system. So uh, I don't I don't imagine him, uh, you know, trying to insert himself in, in a uh, an unusual way this year. But I, I, I certainly think he's going to learn a lot this year and put his stamp on it in the future. So if you were uh maybe given some odds on the Texas Tech bowl appearance, Who, where would you say they're kind of leaning right now? Well, you know, that's hard to say. I don't want to offend anybody. I think <laughs> they're fourth in the standings. Um, but second in the bowl standings, right, because the, the top two teams are going to – Texas Bowl, Liberty Bowl, I think it's kind of right right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, I, think, uh, I think the Alamo Bowl will make a, a little bit of a different selection right, right before that. Um, but it's hard to, hard to predict exactly – what those bowls are going to do, because again, it depends on on who they have on the other side of the game. You know, in a lot of in, in, in almost all those games, you know, uh, they're not certain what teams are going to be available to them because we got to wait and see what the CFP does and does the does the uh, you know SEC get an extra team into the New Year's Six, which bumps everybody up. For example, same thing with the Big Ten. So, right. uh, a little bit of a wait and see, but I think that's that's kind of the wheelhouse. And hey, every uh, every bowl experience is unique. Wherever Texas Tech goes, I know the fans are going to sell up and. They're going to have a great time. That was a, one more question I had on the the actual bowl process. Why aren't the lower-level bowls already being announced that don't kind of matter with that ending stuff? And, like, let's say the, the Mountain West Bowls and the bowls that are going to be in the first week, why why do we have to wait a whole other week? Because that's all – could be already scheduled, right? Yes, yes, we – we try to do that whenever possible, and and, uh, and and that was done with two bowls, the Bahamas Bowl and the Hawaii Bowl, really because those being those bowls being off the mainland, it helps those four teams get get a head start on the planning. Right. Um, much like you know how I answered the previous question, there's there's a trickle down effect. You know which which conferences are going to get an extra team in the New Year Six, which bumps everybody up in that conference, bumps everybody down in another conference affects that matchup and all those synergies we discussed. Uh, even even the situation with uh, the number of bowl-eligible teams. You know, we, we were at 79. Uh, New, we had a week till today. New Mexico State got a waiver, so they're our 80th. And Buffalo is playing a makeup game from the MAC on Friday. Uh, they're 5-6. and six. If they win, they'll be the 81st team, right? So we don't even know how many teams from the MAC are in their pool to go in. So there's still just enough information that's still unknown that causes a trickle deck, a triple, triple, a trickle down effect on the rest of the system that causes us have to have to wait a little longer than we'd like. That's fair. Uh, all right, one final question. This is a fan submission. 
Uh, you have the the Duke's Mayo Bowl where you get mayonnaise dumped on the winning coach. You have the Idaho Potato Bowl, I believe, that dumps the French fries. Uh, you certainly could dump some Cheez-Its if you wanted to. What? Don't don't forget the Frosted Flakes. That's right, the, fro- the, the, the Tony the Tiger, yeah. So it, what bowl sponsor would you want dumped on you if you were a winning coach? Oh. That's, that's <laughs> you, can, you go off the board, that something that doesn't get dumped already, what, what would you want dumped on you? Yeah, you know, if, if the Verbo Fiesta Bowl somehow, a magnificent house I can live in could be dumped on me and I somehow I slide right through a crack and I don't get injured. There you go. That, that might be a good one. That's you know, I don't know. That's certainly off the board. Yeah, maybe maybe just dump the paperwork on you. Yeah, yeah here's a, here's a new house. There you go. I don't need I don't need a bank dumped on me or, or any yeah. kind of tax preparation service. No, or anything no, no. Like that. That's, that's boring. All right, this is uh, Nick Carparelli. Uh, Nick, tell us where they can find you, where they can follow bowl season, and maybe some some things you want to talk about with your organization to kind of wrap us up. here. Yeah, yeah. It's a good time to tune into us because we'll be we'll be announcing. Uh, you know, the matchups as they come on Selection Sunday. So you can follow us on all social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, at Bowl Season. Very simple. And then BowlSeason.com, uh, we have, a, you know, throughout Bowl Season, we have a game day live page where you can go go to the page, you can see the schedule, and you can click on the live television feed, the, the live radio feed, or the live game stats when the games are being played. So uh, people, uh, that, 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 that tends to be a very popular page for us. Oh, that does sound awesome. The the live radio when you don't have any teams involved are always fun to listen to because you get the local you get the local flair there. That's right. That's right. All right, appreciate your time and uh excited for bowl season. It's one of my favorite things, the the pickums, the pools, everything involved with it. I know a lot of people are kind of down on bowl season lately, but I think the expansion of the playoff is going to kind of revitalize what the bowl season can be. Well, I do too, and if you if you allow me to actually speak to that, it's, yeah. You know, I think the the importance of the bowl games is only going to increase with this new playoff, especially if it goes to a two-network model, which all indications are that would be good for the system once you get past these initial two years. Because, you know, when when you invest that much money in the pinnacle product, which is the the CFP portion of the postseason, you need lead-in programming, right? These networks, ESPN Now, maybe maybe it's Vox or or CBS or somebody else uh, in addition to ESPN in the future, you can't have the championships games and then no football for two weeks, right? So where those bowl, the other bowl games are placed in and around the playoff schedule uh, to help promote that playoff, I think is going to be very, very valuable to the, to the system. Absolutely. And maybe we could, you know, cut five or six of them and make it a little more in- intriguing to get in. Well, that's 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 another discussion. I've, I've yeah. heard that one for sure. But but they 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 certainly are meaningful to they're all meaningful to the teams who participate in them. That's for sure. Absolutely, and I much prefer Texas Tech being in bowl games than not being in bowl games for sure. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us, Nick. Uh, we'll be following along at bowl season and uh, excited for Selection Sunday. Anytime, you guys. You guys were great. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. That was Nick Carparelli, the director, the executive director. Sorry, I don't want to shortchange your title there of bowl season. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We've got some power rankings to talk about. We'll also power rank the NFL. Some intriguing movement from last week. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports.